That's right. Hey guys, uh, I'm Alejandro Colini. Welcome to my podcast. Uh, welcome back. It's been, a, I think, a year since I last posted, so I, I don't know uh, what my subscription numbers are like, but you guys are the special few who are listening to this special episode. Um, I'm returning maybe for one episode, maybe for more, maybe this will be a limited series, who knows, but uh, I just kind of wanted to do an episode to, to see if I could and uh, to have some fun, and we're talking Crocs today. So I'm excited about that, and I hope you are as well. Let's, you know, let's get right into it, because I'm not one of those, you know, when you have two uh, people on your podcast, they can banter, and they can go like, how was your week? What are you doing? Tell me, oh, something funny happened. Like, and also, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I worry. Sometimes I worry. I mean, I worry all the time. But I worry that my future as a public figure is stunted by my uh, miserable uh, existence, that like, you know, I'm thinking, like, what can I tell you guys? And it's like, well, a, an MTA worker yelled at me the other day, and I had, like, a full meltdown. I had to, like, go home and 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 deal with it using my skills that I've picked up in therapy. Uh, it, was an, it was an ugly scene. I mean, it wasn't an ugly scene. I didn't, you know, like, meltdown in front of this guy or anything, but uh, I was yelled at, and it was a... See, what kind of anecdote is that? What's a, what's a better anecdote? Um... Well, I went for a job interview. I'm working. I'm uh, not working yet. I'm, I'm waiting to see if I've gotten this job working at an after school. So I'll be working with like young kids, which is very daunting. They're very loud. Um, but I'm not really sure if it's my purview to talk about job interview stuff. See, that's not really the sort of stuff I should have on the pod because as we all know, Bean Sprouts is listening. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, anything else? Is there anything else going on with me? Uh I mean, you know, I'm still writing. I'm a writer now. <laughs> um, those who've listened to this podcast have heard me decry my writing many times, and now it's my main thing, apparently. Um, and that's the Alejandro Colini deal. So let's get to Lake Placid. M- most certainly, you know, ironically, though, Lake Placid is a horror movie about a crocodile who eats people. It's going to be much happier terrain than the life of one Alejandro Colini. Um, see, but also, isn't it, I don't know, not to just get mad at myself, but like, maybe the problem is that I'm moping, you know, maybe the problem is, you know, how think how negative things stick to people more than positive things. I'm sure something funny has happened in the last four days. I'm sure that I have smiled, but you know, we'll just have to keep, uh, we'll just have to keep hope alive. Um, so Lake Placid is a movie about a giant crocodile. I don't mean to spoil it. Because you don't really see the crocodile until later in the movie. It's a, it's a reveal that it's a crocodile. Although you see the crocodile's face, sort of. You see its teeth. Um, but so the way that I found Lake Placid is it's directed by Steve Miner, who directed some of my favorite Friday the 13th movies. He directed parts two and three. He also directed Halloween H2O, which is the 20 years later uh, installment where Jamie Lee Curtis has faked her own death and she works at a boarding school. Um, Steve Miner, I don't know if I would call him like a great director. I don't know what makes a great director. Uh, he certainly has directed some movies that I love a lot. So, um, when I saw that he directed like Placid, I thought that would be a great thing for me to watch. Not, not for any podcast. Like I, I watched it for myself and then I decided to talk about it after the fact because I'm a spontaneous guy and I'm a catch, you know? Um, but 
you know, the thing with Lake Placid is that when I was much younger, before I had any sort of film identity, when I, because I didn't really care about movies as a kid. Like, I remember going to movies on Saturdays with my dad. We'd kind of see, like, whatever was out and was age appropriate. So I saw The Animal. I saw Adam Sandler movies. I saw those 1990s Batman movies. God, they're so good, those Batmans. But, um,. But I wasn't, like, developing a, like, personal, like, these are my movies that I love so much. Um, before I started loving slasher movies, before I started loving superhero movies, before I developed any of the terrible taste, the atrocious taste in film that I have, I loved giant animal horror. Uh, the Anaconda movies, Anaconda, Anacondas, and Hunt for the Blood Orchid. Or maybe there's only two. Maybe it's Anaconda and Anaconda's Hunt for the Blood Orchid. Maybe I just wish there were three. But, um... The uh, the Michael Crichton Sphere, I believe, has a giant animal in it. There's uh, uh, an obscure movie called The Beast, which is about like a giant squid creature. I'm a big fan of giant animals in horror. Give me a, an oversized creature, but you know what I can't. Uh, you know what I can't truck with are the Sharknado, the sort of asylum pictures, the ones where the CGI is like you know really really bad. And look, this is, look, this is the late '90s. The CGI is not very good in this. This crocodile does not look like a realistic 30 foot crocodile. I would know. I've seen Crocosaurus. Crocosaurus was a giant crocodile at Parrot Jungle Island in Florida, uh, Miami or Fort Lauderdale, Florida, um, that resided in a large tank, and it was larger than any real crocodile should be. It was almost difficult to look at all of it at the same time, and it never moved. It was just this horrific, giant uh, stone crocodile. Oh, God, it was great. But, croc you know, uh, Crocosaurus never did anything untoward. I mean, that we know of. We should go through Crocosaurus's tweets. That's so dumb. I'm so dumb. All right. Um, so at the beginning of the movie is Brendan Gleeson, who we all know as Donald Trump from the Comey Rule. Brendan Gleeson plays a sheriff. And he and some fish and wildlife asshole are out on a boat together in the middle of this lake. And the fish and wildlife asshole is kind of being sarcastic to him. And Brendan Gleeson, this is his kind of, his attitude for the entire movie. He's like, people treat him like he's dumb. And he's kind of like bitter and sullen about it. So he's like, oh, you're going to keep being sarcastic to me? You know, the guys, the fish and wildlife guys, they answer me in one word, sarcastic. Um, so the guy in scuba gear, the fish and wildlife guy, he goes down into the water and Brendan Gleeson sits in the boat waiting peacefully uh, for this guy to resurface uh, in one piece. Um, under the water, the guy is scuba diving and suddenly he is attacked by the teeth of a crocodile. And he, his body, his upper half, rises above the water and begins thrashing about in the water. And Brendan Gleeson, of course, sees him and attempts to get a hold on him. He grabs the side of the boat, and he's screaming and thrashing. And finally, he gets up into the boat, and his entire bottom half is gone. And this is a really gross and really good effect. Um, God, all I talk about is how gross and gory things are. Um, but when he, Brendan Gleeson pulls half of a body into the boat. This man has no pelvis and legs. And... He, he, like, all of his strings are dangling out of him, and he's ghostly pale. And um, so that's kind of the, like, I guess, cold open for the movie. It doesn't say Lake Placid after that, but that's uh, what happens at the beginning of the movie. Now, the next day, 
all these uh, various personalities converge on the lake. First of all, there's Bill Pullman, who is in this movie. He plays a higher-ranking fish and wildlife officer who shows up to the lake um, to deal with whatever it is. Then, uh, in a sort of fish-out-of-water twist, who plays Kelly? Bridget Fonda! Oh, yeah, that's Bridget Fonda. I'm not familiar with Bridget Fonda's work. Um, but Bridget Fonda plays uh, Kelly Scott, maybe Dr. Kelly Scott. She's a paleontologist, and she is sent from the American Museum of Natural History to investigate the incident with a mythology professor and crocodile enthusiast named Hector. Um, so Kelly and Hector know each other in the academic circles, and Hector is an eccentric. He's played by Oliver Platt, and he's like a real weirdo. He says, like, sexually provocative things, but is validated for it. Like, he's got this storyline where he and one of the female deputies are, like, having, like, a sort of torrid affair. Um, but... Kelly is grossed out by everything, and she doesn't want to be there, and the fish and wildlife officers don't want her there, and they're, like, driving around in a boat, and she's being really mean to uh, Brendan Gleeson, and Brendan Gleeson's like, you and the fish and wildlife guy should get along great because you're both being shits to me. Um, and eventually they find a severed moose head in the water. It's just the head of a moose. There's, like, you know, because the movie, it can't go straight from zero to crocodile. Like, it gives you one big crocodile kill. And that kill, I gotta say, it's the best in the movie. Um, the, the other ones are kind of weak. Uh, but then it's got to, like, dial it back and sort of do what we're going to call crocodile suspense. So that's, like, they're in the water and they find the moose head. And then, like, later on, they're in the water and their canoe gets flipped. They see all these perch, all these fish, like, flapping their fish fins out of the water. And someone goes like, oh, what a beautiful phenomenon. It's the perch flapping their fish fins. And Bill Pullman goes, perch only do that when they're scared. He does the Twitter thing. He goes, they only do that when they're very frightened. This isn't funny at all. Um, and then afterwards, after the perch scare, this giant form comes under the boat. You don't see the form. God, it would be so cool if you saw the crocodile under the boat. I'm such a big fan. In these giant animal horror movies of a big shape under the boat. Oh my God, Deep Blue Sea. Shark movies. Jesus Christ. I can't believe I forgot them. Um, but the crocodile flips the boat. They get back into the boat just barely and they take off. And so... There's, at this point, sort of a dispute over whether or not it's a crocodile. Brendan Gleeson, of course, is the skeptical party. And he's like, are you kidding me? We're in Maine. A, how did a crocodile get to Maine? And uh, Hector's like, crocodiles, you know, they're eccentric. They're eccentric. He doesn't say eccentric because I just said eccentric. They're like mysterious creatures. And it's it's described that he sort of believes that crocodiles are godly. And there's, there's all this crocodile exposition in the movie. Because, again, there's not a whole lot to do when you're in a movie with a giant crocodile. Like, it sounds... <laughs> It sounds kind of dumb to say, but, like, it's really, like, the crocodile can't kill everyone, or, or rather, the crocodile could kill everyone all at once, but that's not what you want. So, instead, you have to draw things out. So, you've got your moose head, you've got your flipped boat, you've got your crocodile exposition. Well, you know, crocodiles are ambiguously uh, 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 deified by most primitive cultures. You know, everyone worshipped crocodiles. Crocodiles are uh, this, that, and the other. They're ancient. They're, um uh godly almost um and hector really seems to believe this stuff about crocodiles being godly um and he even says we can't kill the crocodile when we find it um this is another point of dispute 
is as soon as it's confirmed that it's a crocodile, and how is that? I guess they see it. Eventually, who sees the crocodile for the first time? Um, it must be Hector. Hector sees the crocodile, and, well, hang on, let me look. Yes, that's what happens. Oh, my God. So... Hank and Hector are arguing because Hector is setting up all these crocodile traps around their camp. They have set up sort of a large camp on the side of the lake, and they're living there while they search for this crocodile, which doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but it does because it's a movie. Um, and so Hector is, like, digging trenches and setting up, like, rope traps, and Brendan Gleeson keeps getting trapped in the traps. It's sort of a, a comedy, uh, a recurring comedy bit that is happening in the movie. Um... So, like, he falls in a hole at one point. At one point, he gets turned upside down by a rope trap, and he gets taken out of the rope trap, and he's like, I'm going to kill you, Hector. And so he's chasing Hector, Oliver Platt, around the camp, and they get to the water's edge, and a brown bear rushes out and attacks both of them. But suddenly, a giant crocodile leaps out of the water and eats the brown bear. <laughs> um, it just swallows this brown bear almost whole, it chomps it down into the water, and disappears from whence it came. And uh, they're like, oh, my God, uh, it's a crocodile. And Hector identifies it as like an, God, I, do I, do I, a saltwater crocodile? I'm looking at the Wikipedia. I'm wondering if they say what kind of crocodile. Because he says it's like, it's like an Asian snout-nosed crocodile, you know. He's got the specific thing. And he's like, it's a 30-footer. What I, one thing I don't like about this movie is that the crocodile is not, um, massive i mean it is look it's a big crocodile hey look hey look uh, it's a big crocodile but um i i'm always partial to the mutant animal that has been uh gargantuanized i guess rampage is also kind of like that if you've ever seen rampage it's the movie with the rock based on the video game where he's got like a white gorilla that turns large it's infected with something and then at the same time there's a giant wolf and a giant crocodile oh there's a giant crocodile um but so, yeah, it's a regular crocodile that's just big. It's a plausible crocodile. I'm not a huge fan of a plausible crocodile. But so they go back to camp, and again, they're arguing over whether or not they should kill the crocodile. Now, in the meantime, Betty White is in this movie. Um, Betty White plays the one resident on the lake. No one lives on this lake except for one old couple. And when the old couple is uh, questioned, it turns out that the husband is dead. And Betty White is like, oh, yeah, my husband is dead. Uh, I killed him. She says she killed her husband. And then later in the movie, they catch her feet in the goddamn crocodile. They, they, she brings a cow to the side of the lake and the crocodile eats the cow. And it turns out that the crocodile ate her husband. So they go back and question her and they're like, all right, we saw you feeding the crocodile. And she's like, you sons of bitches. She like hates cops immediately. It's very endearing. And so she tells them that she's been feeding the crocodile ever since she and her husband found it in the lake so-and-so years ago. And that really it's, it's the crocodile's lake now. And no one lives on the lake. The crocodile's not hurting anyone except when people come into its territory. And she hopes that the crocodile eats all of them. So they go back. Um, and they're like, uh, what is, oh, well, there's the scene where the guy gets his head bitten off. They're, they're in the boat 
and they're out on the water and they're putting like a, a distress, like a baby crocodile distress call into the water. There's like a little uh, machine that's uh, disseminating this distress call, pumping it out into the water. And one of the deputies is raising up the machine. And as he raises the machine out of the water, the crocodile leaps out of the water and just bites his head off. Clean off his head. Just soup. Um, which is another sort of like, I don't know. I guess it's clean. Like you gotta, but I don't believe the crocodile would bite that guy's head off like that. I don't, I don't believe that crocodile would bite that guy's head off like, dear Mr. Kelly, because as you know, this movie was written by David E. Kelly, the guy who created Ally McBeal. Um, it is one of the few movies that David E. Kelly has written. I don't know why David E. Kelly wrote this, uh, <laughs> this giant crocodile movie uh, of all things. But um, I got to say, it does have dialogue that is like a notch better than you expect it to be. Like, there's some funny stuff. The woman, uh, Kelly, Bridget Fonda, keeps getting hit with heads. And she keeps, she's like, I've been hit with so many heads today. Because, like, the severed head of the guy hits her. The moose head hits her. Um, Brendan Gleeson is very funny. His thing with Hector is very, very, Hector is a very funny character. And um, so Hector and the deputy that he is sort of with, uh, Deputy Burke, no, no, Deputy Burke dies. Am I going to find Meredith? Deputy Sharon Gare. Deputy Gare. Um, so they go out into the water. They take the helicopter. Yeah, they've got a helicopter. Um, and they take it out into the water to go and, like, find it in the crocodile's territory. So he's scuba diving around, and he comes face to face with the crocodile. And he goes above water. And this is some great crocodile shots, is you see the entire length of the crocodile in the water, and then him, like, this little dot right at the crocodile's nose. And he is just very slowly paddling his way back to the helicopter. And Deputy Gare is like, I'll shoot the crocodile. He's like, don't shoot the crocodile. You're going to not be able to pierce its hide. Um, and so eventually he gets back to the helicopter. And right when he's just in front of the helicopter, he inflates his life vest, which is attached to his scuba gear. And the life vest distracts the crocodile. The crocodile eats the life vest. He gets into the helicopter and the helicopter takes off. But the crocodile bites one of the helicopter's like water paddles and they barely get away. They almost destroy the helicopter. Bill Pullman is furious at Hector. He's like, you're not going back. Do you have a death wish? Do you want to die? Do you want that crocodile to kill you? You may think it's godly, but I think that it's a beast. We're going to kill that crocodile, et cetera, et cetera. And Hector goes off and he mopes in his tent for a while. And then Bridget Fonda goes to talk to him and they all come back together and they put together a plan. And Hector, after being roundly humiliated and sort of cast aside by the group, he is accepted back into the group and allowed to convince them. He somehow convinces both Brendan Gleeson and Bill Pullman to try to capture the crocodile. Wow, I'm zipping through this episode. This is going to be a short episode. Um, but the... Okay, so they use eminent domain to steal a cow from Mrs. Bickerman, Betty White, who's furious at them again. She's like, I hope you fucking die. They put the cow in the water and they get a whole bunch of tranquilizer darts and they lead the, the crocodile out of the water. But the crocodile doesn't come. So they're sitting there in the water for hours and hours. Finally, it's nighttime. So finally, this crocodile shows up. 
and it's gliding through the water, and the cow, they're suspending the cow from a helicopter. It looks so funny, but it must be so cruel to the cow. I feel so bad for this cow, which is like, I eat meat, I should... <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an evil hypocrite monster. Um, but, so they sort of lead the cow uh, to the edge of the water, where all of these guys with darts are, and... The crocodile, I don't know, the crocodile, like, does something unpredictable, so suddenly they all switch back to guns. And now the helicopter has been crashed, and the helicopter is crashed in the water about 30 feet from land, and Hector is stranded in the helicopter, and the crocodile is under the water. And Hector is swimming back and forth to and from the helicopter while the crocodile is, like, trying to eat him. The crocodile comes up on land, and it's, like, throwing people around. It's destroying cars, and they're shooting at the crocodile. Finally, they trap the crocodile in um, the the helicopter, actually. The, the crocodile's head gets wedged into the broken helicopter, and it gets trapped, and they trank the, hel- the crocodile. They shoot it with a bunch of tranquilizer darts, and then a second crocodile leaps out of the water, and Brendan Gleeson blows its head off. <laughs> um, and he goes, look, now there's only one crocodile, which I think is a little... Because, like, the movie told us it was important to save the crocodile's life. It didn't say it was important to save only one crocodile's life. Like, if there's only two crocodiles in that lake, that makes them just, they're they're still just as important as specimens. They're these giant crocodiles who swam from Asia to be in this lake. So they get one crocodile onto a truck and they're driving it to some secondary location to study it or to, to rehabitate it or some shit. And that's kind of the end of the movie. There's one final scene where Betty White is feeding a whole bunch of baby crocodiles in the water. She goes and she dips her feet into the water and a whole bunch of baby crocs come up and she starts feeding them. And the implication, of course, is that in a few years there will be a whole bunch of giant crocodiles in the water. So that is Lake Placid, written by David E. Kelly, directed by Steve Miner, starring Bill Pullman, Bridget Fonda, Oliver Platt, Brendan Gleeson, Betty White. (laughs) We did it. Um... All right, well, I guess I'm capable of speaking, but not for 40 minutes, not for an hour, only for 20 minutes. Uh, That's good to know. And I'll get back to you with maybe another episode soon. Great. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.